The Korean Football Club podcast is kindly sponsored by The Lodge Hotel, famous for food, functions and fantastic value. Hi, welcome along once again to the official Korean FC podcast on what is a glorious sunny day here in Korean. It looks like the summer has returned for at least one day. I think the weather forecast is not good for tomorrow. So make the most of the day today if you can. Um, first of all, as we as we always do, we start with thank our sponsors, the um, Lodge Hotel in Korean. Very generously sponsoring the podcast for this season. Um, plenty of good offers on in the lodge as usual. And just one, Johnny, there that you might take note of for, for your for your missus, maybe. Uh, one called Girls Just Wanna Have Fun, um, where you gather your girlfriends, pack your PJs and head to the lodge hotel for a night of laughter and spoiling. Uh, and includes an overnight stay in a twin room. You get a dining credit for Elliot's Bistro, a fully cooked breakfast the next morning, and a late checkout subject to availability. So there's one for uh, your your wife maybe to look at for the future. What do you think? Uh, that, sounds, that sounds right up my cup of tea, never mind the wife. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't think I'll qualify for that somehow. But it's, uh, you have to get some friends, but anyway, that's another story. Well, here, listen, we're we're delighted to be back for another week, and I'm equally delighted to say that uh, joining us as our special guest today is Korean defender Graham Kelly. Uh, first of all, morning, Graham. We're doing it in the morning this week, and delighted uh, that you've agreed to come on to the podcast. And and just generally, how are things with you today? Morning, lads. Yeah, now I'm delighted to be on. Um all good with me we had to do the early start but I suppose it's better early than never it's certainly uh, I've no I've no problem doing in, in, in the morning um just as well guys I mean it's uh, a level results day so just a wee shout out to any of um or the club supporters getting their results this morning today um just good luck to everybody getting the results and, and hopefully everything goes the way that they um hope to go um, I'm just thinking, guys. I mean, Graham, do you remember? I mean, you're you're from Dublin, maybe the the sits the education system slightly different down there. But I mean, do you recall exams days getting your results? I mean, it's 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 quite a, a nerve wracking experience for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, no, I I went through it myself. Uh, obviously, as you said, I went to school down in Dublin. Um, it's a bit different. I actually did my junior cert around 16, which would be kind of the equivalent of GCSEs, I think, up here. Um, and then after that, I moved to England. So that was kind of the last form of exams that I did. Um, and then, funnily enough, only over the past year or so, of actually, year or two, I've actually got back into education myself and started doing a few bits on the side. Um, so from back when I was 16 to now, I've kind of had that break and now, now I'm back into it again. Yes. Uh, I mean, Johnny, A-level results and, and, and what have you, it's it's not an easy time, is it? And we have a lot of young supporters at the club as well, and I'm sure many of them are, are finding out today what the future holds for them. Yeah, um, A-levels are still the hardest thing i ever done. Never, and I that was through uni and everything else. So, yeah, they were they were difficult. And, yeah, it's always a busy, busy day of the year. And, yeah, look, I think, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for Jeremy Clarkson's tweet he always does every year saying how his grades are really, really bad and then you look how how well he's done. So, yeah, look, they're not the BR or end all. Um, I'm sure he always, I'm sure if, if anyone doesn't get their predicted grades, they'll, they'll get a university three clearing. So, yeah, look, it's, it's not the BR or end all. And, and yeah, look, hopefully everyone's hard work pay, pays off. Yeah, listen, you know, you mentioned at university, but, you know, everybody has their own different paths to follow, etc. And And, Graham, you mentioned there... Obviously, you're from Dublin, uh, and you you just mentioned there that you left uh, Dublin to go to England when you were, I think, 16, you said there. I mean, I was looking there, I think, am I right in thinking that you left and went to Sheffield United and and came through the academy there? Was that where your football career really started? Yeah, um, I think when... Just after I did my junior cert, um, I was kind of back and forth England on and off um, during that period. And then I turned 16 in the October and that January time um, for six months or so, I was kind of back and forth. And then the summer I moved over full time 
um, over to Sheffield. Uh, what I mean, what what was that like? I mean, sixteen, seventeen <clears throat> is is young. Um, you yeah. this is going back a few years ago. How big um transition was it for somebody like yourself leaving Dublin? Uh, to go to Sheffield, you, you know, a different country, a different culture, if you like. I mean, how difficult was it, or or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just something that you 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 took to quite easily. I mean, can you remember? Yeah, I think looking back on it now, you probably think or looking at it and think, oh, sixteen, how how did I go that young? Everything that goes with it. But I think at the time, it was just I was so focused on that's what I wanted to do, um, and. I'd been to a few different clubs back and forth. And I think the big thing about Sheffield United was not just the football side of it, but outside of football, I just felt comfortable there. Um, I was very welcoming the people all around the club, um, everyone associated with the club. So I think it just made that transition a lot easier. I mean, Johnny, we know like there have been players <clears throat> leaving Korea at a young age, and I suppose... Uh, Patrick Kelly is an example. Went to West Ham last year, age seventeen as well. Um, <clears throat> it is a big transition, but probably now it's it's a bit easier, Johnny, than maybe it was when Graham. I mean, there's maybe more access to social media and FaceTime and and whatever else, and I, and I guess that kind of makes the the move a wee bit easier, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. In the end, you're just catching up with family and trying not to be homesick. Probably the main one and. But clubs are very, very good at looking after players now and addressing any issues they have. And we've had Patrick on a couple of times and you think he was getting his laundry sorted and getting his meals cooked and everything else. So, yeah, left it laid. So, now, yeah, um, I think the protection of players and, and their well-being and then everyone else just seems to have really kicked on. And So, now, yeah, look, obviously it's difficult moving over. Um, you never want to leave your, your friends or family, but the chance to try and become a professional footballer or something, you, you, you can't turn down. Yeah, I mean, was it a case, Graham, when you went to Sheffield, was it a case of going into digs with other young players as well? Was that the way it worked then? Yeah, so um, at the start, I went into one digs for six months um, while I was coming back and forth from Dublin because I couldn't officially move over until the summer. Um, so I was kind of doing like two, three weeks on, one week off, coming back and forth. Um, and then that summer, I moved into a house with... Uh, two other Irish lads, one from Limerick and another one, funnily enough, from Belfast. He plays for Cliftonville. Um, so there was those three in the house together. So it kind of made it a bit easier. You're with two other lads who are in the same situation to you. Bear they were a little bit older than me, but they kind of took me in and took me under their wing. So it made it a lot easier to settle in. Uh, and, you know, how, I was just looking again this morning before we started. Um, you, you you must have done well there at Sheffield. You know, you came through the academy and then you actually, you made your debut for Coventry or against Coventry, I should say, I think 2016 it was. I mean, that must have been, that must have been a quite a moment for you. You know, you, you sort of come through and then that moment that you, you, you make the first team or whatever. I mean, that, that would have been quite something for you. Yeah, I think it was um, that year in general was just great. The first year I went over, um, I was with the under-18s and then the second year I happened to come back for pre-season and the reserve team had um there was they were short a few defenders and happened to go with them in pre-season and done well. And then I think just from that season onwards it kind of just kicked on and the back end of that season um I was up training with the first team a good bit and was on the bench a lot in the lead up to obviously making my debut as you said against Coventry. Yeah, and what do you remember about that day? I think it was at the Rico Arena, if I'm right in thinking. Yeah, yeah, I literally, to be honest, I don't really remember much. It was, I came on last, so uh, I think it was Matt Down went down and uh, turned around and just said, you're coming on. I was kind of shocked more than anything because I think I'd been on the bench for probably about two months at that stage and never came on. So I kind of thought the opportunity was never going to come. You were just kind of, they're making up the numbers on the bench with, with a few of the older lads. Um, but no, I got my opportunity that day. I think I came on the last five to ten minutes. Um, and no, it was great. I think in that moment, you're probably not really thinking about anything else. You just just want to get on the pitch. But no, it was a really enjoyable moment. I, I mean, you must have been so nervous to be like... Yeah, no, I think... 
think it's nerves, excitement. I think it's a mix of everything. Um, you're just trying to get on the pitch. But there was a good group of lads there at that stage. And as I say, I'd been been up in and around training with them for, for a while. So um, it was more comfortable rather than just having gone straight up and got thrown in straight away. And I mean, what, you, obviously then you, you, you'd done that with Sheffield. And then, but I, did, I mean, you, you, you left then Sheffield. I mean, what happened there? I mean, did, did it just... Yeah, the opportunity not come for you at that particular time. No, to be honest, that happened um probably about the April time. I think it would have been around March, April, the end of the season. Um, and I was on the bench involved for the rest of the season, and then we just missed out on the playoffs. And Nigel Atkins was the manager at that stage. And funnily enough, when the season just finished, we were actually sitting down talking about a new contract. Everything was going well. And then I went back to Dublin uh, for the off-season. And I happened to be sitting in Dublin. I remember it sitting in my house and popped up on Sky Sports News. Sheriff United have sacked Nigel Atkins. And uh, I just kind of thought to myself at that stage, oh, this is the last thing I need. I'd kind of just got involved. I'd settled in. His staff liked me. Um, and obviously because we hadn't reached the playoffs, I got promoted. And that was probably, if we're being honest, that was probably the aim at the start of the season with the squad that they had and the team he put together. Um, so I think then going back into pre-season, you were kind of just starting from uh, starting again. I think it was a fresh slate for everybody and new manager came in, um, Chris Wilder. And he kind of brought in his own players. There wasn't as many young lads involved. Um, and... To be fair to him, you can't complain. He's he done unbelievable for the club. We got them up from League One to the Championship and then Championship back to the Premier League. So the job he done was was unbelievable. Um, and I was up in and around training a bit. I did the preseason with them. Um, and then throughout the season, I was kind of up and down. But that opportunity just never really came. I mean, it's a real sliding doors moment, isn't it? I mean, Johnny, that just shows you how. Not fickle football is, but I mean, how difficult it is. Graham's more or less, you know, verbally agreed a new contract. The manager gets sacked, a new manager comes in, and things change. And that, that, that's the harsh realities of football, isn't it? It is, and you just obviously need a wee bit of luck um, along the way, and you just need a manager they they, they like you, and you know, and if, for example, if Graham had, you know maybe signed a contract here, he's there for Dublin. Like who knows, you know, would have happened. It's just all about timing and. And yeah, he's just really, really very unlucky with that one. And and yeah, obviously you mentioned uh, Chris Wilder, and I remember that. Obviously, there's up the leagues and then the Premier League. And so no, yeah, look, it's just the breaks you, you get in football, and sometimes they, they work for you, and sometimes they don't. And and yeah, so it's it's uh, I'm sure it was a difficult one to take, but it's just one of them things, and you know, you can football, isn't it? yeah. I, I can just imagine, like Graham said, sitting at home in Dublin, and you just see it come up in Sky Sports, and your heart sinks, and you're like. <laughs> if only, it, you, you're but, just thinking of if only I had signed that contract before I left. But it just shows like how you, like social media and television and stuff with football now is crazy. You know, it, like you nearly find out what's happening on social media before, before you know you see you know anything happen with with the clubs and stuff like that. So it's just really a sign of just how you know media and, and everything else is really is really boomed really. Uh, and what about at the moment, Graham? Obviously, Sheffield United up and down. They're back in the Premier League this season. You've obviously, given your connections, you're probably delighted to see them back in the Premier League. I mean, how do you think they're how do you think they're going to fare? To be honest, um, well, I still follow Sheffield United a bit mm. because they have a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, they're based over there. I actually made um, made friends with a good group of lads outside of football who are all from Sheffield as well. So they'd be Sheffield United fans. Um, but I don't think things are looking good from this. They've they've lost a few important players, and I don't think they've really strengthened too much. So I think it's going to be a long season for them. But obviously, I I hope that they they do do well. There's still one or two lads there from even the time I was there that shows how well they've done. Um, so now I wish wish good things for them, but I think it'll be a long season for them. Yeah, I mean they've they've as you say they've let a few of their important players go and they haven't really strengthened in the in the transfer market, have they? I, 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 looking in from the outside, Graham, I mean, do you wonder what the policy of the club is that they let their good players go and then don't really bring in reinforcements? It's a strange one, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I think from speaking to a few of the lads, um, I'm in a group chat with uh, a lot of lads who are obviously still living in Sheffield. I think there's probably more to it. There's maybe a few things going on with the ownership and stuff like that. Um, but I think in football, that's that's always happened, isn't it? There's always stuff going on behind the scenes. That's exactly it. Um, and what about Sheffield Wednesday? I mean, the rivalry between the two, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty intense, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you obviously realised it before. I moved over there. Um, I don't think I had a clue. And then I think when you're living in the city, you just realise it. Um, especially this season. Well, the season I said that obviously I was up at the first team. We were League One. They were Championship. Um, but then when they Chef United got promoted back from League One to the Championship, and they played against each other that season, I think that's when you kind of realise the magnitude of the game and what it meant for all city like. I mean, they're both huge clubs as well. If you you know, yeah, you see, you see the crowds that they're pulling in, even in League One and the Championship, they're they're huge, aren't they? Yeah, like I think the time uh, when I was involved in League One, I think even at Bramall Lane, you were getting twenty odd thousand some weeks, and for League One, that was ridiculous. Like um, the stadium is obviously, I think it's up there, a Premier League stadium, top end Championship stadium, um, but. The crowds and the support that that club got, even in League One, was was ridiculous for the level. They're, they're mad. Uh, they're fanatics as well. Like you know, what I mean, but still not the biggest club in Yorkshire anyway. So that's that's another. <laughs> I, I'm I'm, right. I'm a Leeds I'm a Leeds supporter. Leeds, game, I so. thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway, but going back to yourself, I mean, and, and then when when it came time to leave Sheffield United, I'm sure. It was hard on itself, but then you had a number of clubs in England as well, and I suppose it's a glimpse of what it's like to be a professional footballer. You know, you look through your own career, you know, you sort of Sheffield United, and then there was like Staley Bridge, Celtic, and Port Vale and stuff. I mean, and 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 I guess that's the life of a like a professional footballer, almost, isn't it? That you know, one door closes and another one opens, and you just go to clubs and you, you just try and eke out a career for yourself, don't you? Yeah, I think um, Stady Bridge, Southport and uh, Bradford, they were, they were all loans. Um, so after that season, where I'd kind of been up with the first team and I came back and did pre-season with them, <laughs> um, I think at that stage it was a case of I knew I wasn't going to really be involved. I still had another year left at Sheffield United. Um, and... I just wanted to get out and play first team football. I played a lot of reserve team football at that stage and um having been up involved with the first team, I didn't really want to go back to playing reserve team football again. So the opportunity came to go out on a few loans, um, lower down the leagues in England and I just took the opportunity um just to go and play men's football. Mm-hmm. And 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 probably a good experience too, wasn't it? I mean, as you say, going to play men's football because you were still relatively young. You wanted to go and play men's football, and I suppose when you are playing sort of down the leagues in England, it's um it's a tough school, isn't it? Yeah, I think if I look back on it now, it helped me massively. Um, I think it, up until that stage, I was probably in the dressing room with a lot of young lads who were striving to play first team football. Um, the games in reserve team football. Football, they didn't really mean much every week. And then you go into a dressing room lower down with a lot more experienced lads. And it's people's livelihoods. People are playing for things. Three points is everything on a Saturday. And it's just a completely different mentality. Um, So I think for any any young lads, I'd recommend getting out and playing first-team football as early as possible, no matter what the level is. Um, I think learning under 18s 20s 23s whatever it is i think it's great until a certain stage for for your learning but i think there's nothing beat, beats men's football and getting you ready to be in a first team environment and just be around on a match day on a saturday yeah just when you were saying that, i'm just thinking for example you know in the summer obviously Corey and then got lee mclaughlin stroke harkin and he yeah. has probably come from that environment at Wolves where he was playing, you know, sort of under-20s or re- reserves football, I think it was. Um, so he is now coming to Korea and playing men's football, I suppose. And 
you're in a good position, Graham, I, I, I guess, as well, is to try and help somebody like Ali, for example, who maybe this is his first taste of what you just talked about, men's football, where three points on a Saturday is, is, is massive for everybody at the club. And I, I suppose you can help him and, and the likes of him give young players advice because you have been there yourself. Yeah, I, I think I'm there for anyone who wants to come speak to me. Um, but I think in the Colorado dressing room in general, there's a lot of lads there with a lot of experience, a lot more experience than me. Um, and from the moment I've come through the door, even for someone like myself, <laughs> everyone's been there. Everyone's been great for me. Um, so I think Leo definitely get that as well. And for the first few weeks that he's been in, you can see the qualities there in training. Um, and now it's obviously just about putting it into matches when he gets his chance. Mm, it is it's difficult. Um, I mean, Johnny, you you know your football. I mean, and. And Graham was in England, but can, do you remember? Like, and obviously, then Graham, you came back to back to Ireland, Northern Ireland, uh, and signed for Larne. I mean, Johnny, do you remember Graham when you would have been going watching Larne coming through the the system? I mean, was was Graham a player that you'd sort of spotted as well? Yeah, obviously, he played centre half and, and left back. So, um, yeah, and I suppose whenever we signed about ten former Larne players, uh, our Graham, <laughs> Graham's name had been in the in the in the lucky dip bag, and and it was pulled out. So. Um, but no, yeah, I think there was whispers obviously happening last, maybe it might have happened last January and, and things just obviously didn't materialise, which probably worked out better for Graham, obviously, when, and, and won the league and, and being a part of that. And, and yeah, so whenever it was all confirmed in, in the summer there, it probably didn't come as, as much of a surprise. Uh, but it was always good to, to get a, a quality player in who's been in a full-time environment and, you know, play, you know, you don't go to Sheffield United if you're, if you're no, no doing <laughs> Like that. So no, yeah, it's um yeah, he's obviously one of the players that you you know you see you know three or four times um in, in the season and so no yeah anytime he played against us he, he always had a had a decent game so good day good to get him in. I just looking back on your time at Lauren Graham um obviously coming back from England um I think Lauren were in the championship at, at that particular time maybe people sort of raised the eyebrows at the likes of yourself and, and other players joining Lauren but there was obviously you know behind the scenes you could see what the ambitions of the clubs were and stuff so when you look back at your time at Lauren I, I guess the success that you did have on and off the field it's one of those chapters in your life you look back with with Happy memories. Yeah, I think when I look back on it, um, I've only good memories and good things to say about my time at Lauren. Um, for I spent a long time there. Obviously, I think I was there about five years from the very start when things started off in the championship, as you said there, right until last season. Um, going on to win the premiership. So, I think being there from the start. Uh, when things kind of just started off right until now, it was it was a great few years, and just seeing the change in the club, both on and off the pitch. It's 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 it was quite quite the the journey for for Lauren as well. I mean, as you say, you were in from the start, and then when it, you won the league last year, did you feel then your I think your contract had run out in the summer. Winning the league, did you think that was the 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 opportunity, the right moment? To leave because you'd completed the journey almost from the championship to winning the top flight with the club for the first time. Did you think that was a good time then, just to to move on to some to some new challenge? Yeah, I think one way or another, probably the end of last season, um, throughout last season, I kind of felt that coming up to the end of the season was probably the right time for a change. Um, it just happened to be that it worked out. Uh, that way it was perfect going from the first year winning the championship to my last year winning the premiership um, and it was a great way to go out and, and leave the club and, and, <laughs> and Johnny mentioned that as well Lauren influence in the Korean changing room is, is huge isn't it I mean uh, I don't even know how many ex-Lauren players we have uh, I think six maybe or some maybe I'm, I stand yeah I think it's it. five or six yeah it's yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, you mentioned that already. You come into the change room, and already when you walk in there on the first day to pre season, there's a lot of familiar faces there for you. And in many ways, I guess that makes the transition to the new club so much easier, doesn't 
Yeah, uh, I think anyone, any footballer will tell you that you're walking into a dressing room and you know one or two faces, never mind five or six. I think it makes things a lot easier. Um, you've lads that you've you've played with before. You can kind of bounce things off, little questions. What's this like? What's that like? But I think even taking away from that, the other lads um, who have been around the club for a lot longer, um, who I've only really maybe played against or had a few conversations with outside of football, all of them have been great and very welcome, and I think it kind of just shows uh, shows what the dressing room's like. Mm. And com- coming from the full-time environment at Larne, which has been well documented, and then you come into a club like Korean, which is still, I suppose, part-time. Um, how have you found the transition or what differences, if any, have you noticed, Graham? Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie, to start the first few weeks, it was not that I found it hard, it was just kind of weird and different because I'd always been used to going in and training in the mornings, just kind of maybe the time of day training, just like adjusting your life a bit to, to stuff like that. Um, but I think as far as training goes and what we do, I don't think there's many differences. It's just maybe that the, the schedule is a bit different and we aren't in maybe as often. That that must be difficult, as you say, at Larne or any other full-time club. You go in and maybe train during the day and you get more time I suppose for analysis of, of, of games that you have played and opponents that you're going to play, that must be quite a difficult one to bridge. And do, would you do any extra training yourself during the day if you have time, or you know, or or is that not something that's? Yeah, no. I think the big, as you said there, the big difference um, from full time to part time is the analysis side of it, and it's mainly most of the off the pitch side of it as as far as on the pitch and training goes we get a lot of work in um during the week and with our gps the numbers you see it the numbers aren't much different to um to what you would be doing at learn um you just as you said there you obviously get to spend a lot more time on analysis side of it um more the physical side of it whether that's in the gym uh along the lines of that so i think i still keep up my own gym work myself. Um, I signed up for a membership there when I signed for Colerain, just in my local area here. So I still do the gym side of it, but I think your point there obviously is is right. It's insane. It's more time to do the stuff off the pitch that you kind of don't get when you're part-time. Uh, and I think, Johnny, it, it's something that we've talked about previously on, on the podcast. And it's... It's going to be a subject that keeps coming up. I think I seen, excuse me, on my feed today on my phone, Gary Hamilton. I think surf, resurfacing the 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 argument about full time and part time clubs. Uh, I didn't read the full story, but he had more or less intimated that the full time clubs have an advantage. You know, if it's Friday night games or midweek games, because the full time players can rest up all day, whereas the part time guys, a lot of them have jobs there's an inherent advantage for the full-time clubs. And, Johnny, that argument isn't going to go away anytime soon unless almost you have a, a league of full-time teams, which, again, probably is not going to happen anytime soon, if at all. Yeah, that, that's true, Damon. There's probably some clubs there that maybe just couldn't financially go full-time. You know, you need, you know, it's, it's millions of pounds that you need, let's be totally honest, and you need a clear plan and, and a backup plan if things don't go as well as you, as you expect. So... No, yeah, it, it is difficult. I think obviously playing on a Friday night. I think, I think Lauren play a lot of games on a Friday night. Yes, they say it's for the atmosphere and stuff, but I think let's be honest, it, it does give them a bit of an advantage. So you know, that, you know, call a spade a spade. It does, and fair play to yeah. them. You know, it does. You, you can't lie. Um, so like they're them, you know, the Lauren players are probably getting a nice pre-match meal, a rub down, um, relaxing everyone else and you know guys say from Glenavon or Corey or be or stuck stuck in an office all day or in a building site or, or doing the day's work. So but that's just the way of the land. Lauren have obviously used it to their advantage. They do get good crowds in the Friday night to be fair to them. Um and the atmosphere is usually really, really good at Inver Part too. So but yes, look, I think I think Gary Halton makes a great point. But again, it's probably been in the league now for about two, three years and it's not going to change. So um I think the easiest thing to say is you need to just suck up and, and take it. But I think obviously, 
I think again they they go back to Corey and Clifford's point. I think you know they've competed well in the last two or three years with with being part time, um. But there definitely is a, is a gap there now. Um, I think between the top six and the bottom six, and it's just all about you know them teams trying to find ways to sort of try and contain the the full time teams. Well, we'll ask Graham on that point then. You were saying about Lauren playing on Friday nights and using it, shall we say, to maybe their advantage. I mean, Graham. Without giving too much away, was that some part of the thinking of Lauren that to have games on the Friday night was to maybe just make full use of the full time status? Yeah, I don't think as players, um, we really paid too much attention to it. Um, it was more so you'd hear some lads saying, Oh, yeah, we're playing Friday night, yes, we get the weekend off, we'll have Saturday, Sunday. But, um, from a, from a football point of view, I think. Yeah, when you when you look at it from from that side, um, obviously it, it, it there's no getting away from it. It is a massive advantage if if you're playing against the so-called bottom six team who have majority of their team have been in work until four or five o'clock that day, um, uh, and lads haven't trained trained yesterday and then have had the day off and the lead up to the game. I think anybody would tell you that that'd make a massive difference, um. Whether that's intentionally done or not, as players, we, we don't get informed on it. Um, the fixtures just get set and we're told that's when we're playing. Yeah, you're you're just more happy with the weekend off, I think. That's, 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 what, that's, what, that's well. what lads are like. <laughs> we're playing on a Friday, not a Saturday, so <laughs> we get the Saturday off. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? That's There is merit in that. And even in our job as journalists and reporters, Johnny, I mean, Friday night games sometimes is a nice bonus because you maybe do get a Saturday and a Sunday off. Well, I thought yeah. that last weekend, Dave, and then I had to go to Dungannon me and Stevie, so um, <laughs> yeah, no, Friday games it seems to be, if Corey playing on a Friday, I always have to go to a match on a Saturday, so I'm down for, so we play Dungannon next Friday, so I'm down for a match next Saturday, so I'll see where, I'll see where I'm sitting, but no, it's good day, go watch an extra, extra game of football and you don't have to spend any more time with the wife, so it's a 1-1 really, isn't it? And then, no, I well, think for, for players as well, you obviously when you play on a Friday, then you maybe get to go and see games on a Saturday that if if you were playing, you wouldn't as well. So you can make make more of the weekend. Yeah, uh, that's that's a that's a good point. And for the manager Tiernan as well, he can go and maybe watch somebody that they're coming playing in the, in the next week or so. I mean, um, obviously, Lauren big success. I mean, and you were there from the start, and and Tiernan as well. The Tiernan Lynch, the manager, um. I mean, I, I remember thinking whenever they, they were in the championship and, and the, the investment from Kenny Bruce came along, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, there was a whole big media hype about Lauren going professional and getting the money in. You got up from the championship into the premiership, and it took a year or two, I suppose, for Lauren then to, to find a fate and then to win the league. But, I mean, there was times, and, and, and I remember like people were looking at Lauren saying, oh, they should have won the league before now. And Tiernan Lynch was coming in for a little bit of criticism at times as well because people automatically assumed that because he had money and he was able to go and get good players, he should be winning all the trophies and all the leagues. But it doesn't work like that. But, I mean, he did a hell of a, he's done a hell of a job when you look back as well, Graham, hasn't he? I mean, he he just kept his head down, I suppose, and, and ultimately... He was rewarded by winning the, the Lauren's first league title. I mean, well, what kind of person is he? He seems very. Whenever we interview him, he's quietish and, and and whatever. I mean, what's he like then as a as a person? Yeah, and no, obviously, I I was there since uh, Ternan was the one who brought me in five years ago at the very start. So I think him him and Seamus, his brother, have been there since. Uh, since I first signed for Lauren for the full five years. So we obviously built the relationship working together, um, both on and off the pitch. But I think they're both they're both very hard working. Um they put a lot of a lot of work into what they do. I think like any managers do, I think in this day and age. I think as a manager with the way the league's gone now, the Irish League, I think if you don't put the work in, you will fall behind whether you're full time or part time. Um but no, I think there was there was many ups and downs um, during the five years, as you said there yourself at the very start, coming up to the Premiership. Um, people were probably expecting learn full time this from the outside. All you hear is money this, money that, full time. That's just general football shouts. Um, 
But I think you've seen football in general, even at leagues across in England, um, money doesn't always win you things. Um, I think you've got to build and use it the right way. Um, and then just after the, I think it was maybe three, four years up in the Premiership last year, obviously winning the league after being on that journey, kind of the ups and downs as we spoke about there. Um, it was just a great feeling to finally get there. Mm, I know the pressure. The pressure's now on to try and defend the league, isn't it? I mean, it comes with its own pressures. It's hard enough winning it, but yeah. trying to hold on to it, I guess, is even harder. Yeah, I think we were only speaking about that a few weeks ago. Um, it was actually in the car up to try and call Ryan. Um, we're speaking with uh, Winky Murphy. And he was saying, obviously, the time at Linfield, I think winning your first one is, is great, but then defending it after that, is an even harder job. Everyone's out to beat you. Everyone raises your game. Um, so I think I think it'll be uh, it'll be a good season, but I think it'll be a tight season. Mm. Um, and it just so happens that Korean's next game uh, is against Larn this yeah. <laughs> this weekend. Uh, I mean, how much how, how much are you looking forward to that? Yeah, no, I'm excited. Obviously, you you see some all faces, but I think I'm a Colorado player now and just fully focused on that. Uh, I think in football you've just got to treat it like any other game, and especially after the other night, I think the disappointment from everyone in the dressing room. Um, we knew ourselves it wasn't good enough as a group. Um, we we let ourselves down, but then also we obviously we let the manager and the coaching staff down and all the fans that travel down their numbers. So I think we've we've got to go out there on Saturday and put a performance in. Yes, well. We didn't really want to mention the other night, Johnny, did we? But <laughs> no, no, I think there's there's no there's no hiding away from it. I think no, we, no, we we were the players. We were the players on the pitch, and we we've got to take on the chin and put it right now as a group. A hundred percent. Listen, you know, it it was one of those games. I don't know. I think Corinne could have still been playing tonight, and and they probably didn't have born. Um, Johnny, like you and I, were both there. Uh, Let's call a spade a spade, as you said. Or I mean, it was a pretty abject display from Korea on Tuesday night. No getting away from it. I think it's just probably as a poor performance as, as we've seen for quite some time. Yeah, like I'm definitely a glass half full guy when it comes to Korea. Like I, I can't defend that one. Um, just I, I said to these guys on Friday, it was a game that I was really worried about just because I knew how physical and how tall Carrick were, and we're quite a small team. And whenever they were warming up, I just seen how small we were, and then the ball came into the box in the back post. Now I just knew it was going to be a goal. It's just one of the games where, you know, if we play Carrick on our pitch, and this is no disrespect to Carrick, I'd say nine times out of ten we we win. Um, but it's just it was a tough pitch. We just couldn't get you know our creative players on the ball. We just didn't have time on the ball. Um, and you know we have to give a lot of credit to Carrick. They scored the two goals. They never looked like conceding. Um, and. To be honest, they probably coasted it into the room the and the into the final result. Obviously, didn't help getting Glax, obviously having two bookings and, and stuff like that. But uh, it was one of the games where you just knew at half time unless we scored within ten minutes of the second half, it was gonna be over. And yeah, obviously disappointing. Um I think it was the first time they beat us in something like seven or eight years. Um but this year you just, as as Graham said, you have to take it on the on the chin and, and move on and so yeah, look, I think Larn on Saturday, I think weirdly enough, I don't think there's any better game. Um the league champions are in town. Um they've won two, they've won their last two games. So um, you know, if we if we don't play well, we we won't win this and it's as it's as simple as that. Uh from a footballer's point of view, Graham, it 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 how how can you explain it's something like that? Because obviously your first two games, you beat Balamina, you beat Lockall, you go into the Carrick game, I suppose, in, in, in confident mood, you're top of the league. And then it's hard to put your finger on it. And I, I guess you would admit and agree with me that it's hard to put your finger on why you go somewhere like Carrick and then it just, as a collective, as a group, there was, it just didn't happen, did it? I mean, it's it's hard to explain, but I guess that's sport, isn't it? You're all human beings and it's, it's football. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it just goes to show you uh, this league, especially. I think it's it's said many times in in different places that if you're not on your game and um 
you don't do the right things. Any, any team can hurt you in this league, and you will you will drop points. So I think it's just a lesson for us um, that any anybody can beat anyone in this league, pretty much. And if you don't show up and you're not on your game, you, you will be hurt. It, it is mad, like because like you started at the evening in first place and and ended the evening in sixth place, and I think that reflects what you're saying as well that any team could beat anybody, and it is one of those leagues that you know things can change so quickly. Yeah, I think it's so early in the season. I don't think as players, well, me myself, we don't really look at the table. I think at this stage of the season, you've just got to take things game by game. Um, focus on the next game and then as as the season goes on maybe when you get to a bit later on in the season that's when you can start to look at things and and see where things are at but I think as players at the minute you just got to focus on a, a game by game basis it's it's so early like and you mentioned there as well you know the performance on Tuesday letting down the manager and the coaching staff and the, and the supporters as well and I mean it's not and Oren in his post-match interviews himself Admitted, it's not very often that he would have that conversation about having a wee bit of a go at the players. He doesn't do it very often, but even he on Tuesday night was probably left with no alternative but just to go. It really wasn't good enough. I mean, as a collective, as a group of players, you're obviously acutely aware of that, letting people down, as you just mentioned. Yeah, no, I think as a, as a call-round player... Um... We think we have a responsibility as a group of players to, to put a certain level of performance in. I think on Tuesday night, obviously that that fell below that. Um, I think you've seen the the Colorado fans that travelled in their numbers, and I think a performance like that isn't acceptable to to them as a group or to to any set of supporters. Um, so as I said, I think just as a group, we need to be open, open and honest with each other, and and look to put things right over the coming weeks. Graham, mm. what's your thoughts obviously on the crowds because we have been very blessed the last couple of years they have really high numbers of crowds and you'd have been obviously on the outside looking in and but yeah. have you experienced that at the showgrounds I think it was, was it three and a half thousand on the opening day so what have you what have you made of the, the crowd numbers so far yeah we, we we spoke about it afterwards funnily enough um, I think it might have been that night of the Balamina game, going back down in the car afterwards, um, there was a, being a few of the lads, and we were saying the the crowd that night was was unbelievable, especially at home. Um, and I think even as a player, when I was playing at Larn and you came up to Colerain, you, you seen the numbers that the people were coming out in, and at the start it probably shocked me. Um, it it surprised me a bit. You when you're down there. Glen Thorne, the likes of Linfield stuff. And then when I came up to Coleraine and I seen the size of the crowd, you just kind of realise how big the club is and how much support it has behind it. Um, and now as a Coleraine player, as you say, the the Ballymena game that night, you experienced as a Coleraine player. And I think as a group of players, there's, there's nothing better than looking around when you go out there and you see a full house and majority of them being Coleraine supporters behind you. And uh, I think in your car journeys, there's you, Winky Murphy... Davy McDade and Lee Lynch. So, how many headache tablets do you take on the, on the way back? <laughs> oh, I can tell you one thing. It's a, never stop talking in that car. Yeah, sometimes you just have to put your head down. It's a, it's a, it's an hour up first and an hour back. So, two hours to your day that you just have to put up with. Uh, who's, who's the most talkative out of the, out of the car? I'll let Johnny guess that one. Seems to be... I don't know. Oh, I, I know. Wangy? No, Lee Lynch. Gotta be Lee Lynch. Lee doesn't oh, start. Aye, Lee, aye. <laughs> gotta, be, gotta be Lee Lynch, man. Oh, I would be Lee, I would be yeah. Lee. Oh, he, he, talk, he could talk for, talk for Ireland, him. Yeah, Lee Lynch. <laughs> but, I mean, I suppose, joking aside, like, it, it does help... You know, you're living now in Glengormley and you're going in up and down in the car with the guys. Um, so that does help too, doesn't it? Because it's not, it's only an hour up the road, as you say. You have a bit of crack in the car and you also talk about the games and a wee bit of probably analysis about the games as well. Um, and that, that, that that's, a, that's a nice side of football, isn't it? That camaraderie, if you like, we, we've all played in teams and all the rest and, and that's that, that's a nice part of the, the game isn't 
Yeah, no, I think it's it's definitely a lot better than having to drive that air up the road by yourself. Um, say so I obviously knew Lane Davy previously, having played with them, so we had that bit of a relationship there before. But even Winky in the car, when I've got to know him over the past few weeks, he's a great lad, and I think it's a it's a good group we have. There's a few other people who travel up in other cars as well. Um, so I think it's it's only good good for the lads. You get to kind of have that bit little bit of time together maybe um outside of the changing room that that you wouldn't get because I think that's a massive difference from full time to part time as well. Um when you're full time you're in and around each other every day. You you get to know people maybe a bit better, spend more time with them off the pitch. Um whereas part time you, you maybe don't get that as much because you're in for training, you're out you're you're only in a couple of times a week. So getting getting extra time together is always good. What what about Winky? You, you mentioned him. I mean, he obviously played in your position. He was a defender. Uh, he was at Lunfy for however many years. He won an absolute plethora of trophies and leagues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Does he help you in terms of just little words of advice and little bits of information? And I mean, what influence does he have within the changing room and on you personally? Yeah, I think just in general, never mind me personally. I think he's he's great to have around the dressing room. Um, just speaking to everyone, not not just the defenders. Um, just one to one coming around to lads, speaking with them, helping them on the pitch, doing little bits of extra defensive work if they need it. Um, and I don't think anyone can take away the the career he had. Um, <laughs> there'd be no no one better to learn off with the with the career he had in the league. And Orn as well. I mean, whenever you were looking to come to the club, etc., I think Orn was on the record as, as saying that you were always a player that he'd sort of kept an eye on or he was always impressed by you. Whenever you'd sort of met Orn and, and had talks about coming to Korean, was he somebody that um, impressed you as a, a person or as a manager or how, how was that relationship? Yeah, I think I said it when I signed. Um, from the first time I met Arm when we sat down and had the conversation, even taking football aside, um, just as a person, you just got the feeling that he was a good guy. He was honest. He was going to be straight with you, tell you how things were. And I think as a player in football nowadays, um, that's that's all you can ask for. You want you want the manager who's honest and open with you. Um, and from a footballing point of view, when we sat down and had the chat, I just realised after the, the first conversation we had that the call round was where I wanted to be. Mm. I mean, it's it always helps, Johnny, doesn't it? Whenever you have, as Graham says, you have that almost rapport with a manager or a, a teammates or whatever as well. And that's that's critical, isn't it, if you want to go and do something in the game? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, Orn Orn's the, the leader of the ship and he needs to bring the players along with him. And you know, if, if I think you know, Orn always you know, he, he always seems to be very well respected by everybody and and obviously if you've got a tight net changing room and, and close relationships obviously with, with the players and management staff and elsewhere and if everyone's looking and, and pulling in the one direction it can only be can only lead to good things. Mm. Just thinking just getting back to this weekend, Graham against Larne. As Johnny said, it almost is the perfect game following the Carrick defeat as well. We mentioned this, the fans. Um, hopefully there'll be a, a good crowd there on Saturday, good backing in, in the railway end. Um, and from a player's point of view, it is almost the ideal game, isn't it? Because you don't really have time to feel sorry for yourself. You have to go and play at your best if you want to get anything from, which is what is obviously a, a very, very good side. Yeah, I think as players, um, the next game is always the biggest game, um, especially after a defeat. Um, so I think on Saturday, we, we've just got to go into that and put, put the wrongs right from um, Tuesday night. There's no doubt it'll be a tough game. Um, but I think we're, as a group, we're more than capable. And you're going to come up against some familiar faces as well. I mean, you're a defender. They have a, a, a decent attacking partnership don't they Lee Bonus and, and Andy Ryan have you any special plans to, to deal with them too <laughs> no they're two they're two great players uh, two lads that I'm good mates with as well but I think on Saturday from from three o'clock we we'll put that aside and um, after the game maybe hopefully we've won then we'll uh, so I'll start talking to them again yeah well 
give him, give him, yeah, it's the old thing, isn't it? Give him a good rattle early on and, and yeah. see what happens. Like, um, and Glagan, Jamie Glagan missing Johnny, obviously two red or sorry, two yellow cards against Carrick, uh, misses Saturday's game against Larne. How big a how big a factor do you think that might be this weekend? Yeah, obviously, you know, we, we look big lacks to get us up the pitch and, and be creative and, and get on the ball and stuff. So, yeah, look, you're, you're obviously going to gonna miss a player of, of that ilk, I, I suppose. So, But as Oren said, I think it was to you after or to me, he said that'll give us a chance for somebody else to, to, to stake a claim. So, yeah, look, we've he's had a bigger, Oren's had a bigger squad this year than, than he's probably ever had. So, um, he's definitely got plenty of options. Whether he changes shape, changes you know formation, changes personnel, he's got plenty of options there, and and that's why he's paid the the big bucks, so to speak. So, so he can <laughs> he can sort all that out. Um, but no, yeah, look, it'll be it should be a, a, a good game. Um, obviously, Warren <clears throat> scored three three second half goals, I think, on on Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, they're always tight games at, at the showgrounds, and yeah, I'm not expecting anything, anything different to be fair. Um. I think obviously the former players um, that we have for for Aaron probably adds a wee bit to it, and and obviously look they're they're the reigning champions too. So, um, no, yeah, hopefully a good crowd as you say, and and it'll be a probably a, a, a tight game. Yeah, and a, a, a positive result uh, on Saturday, Graham makes everything not it doesn't paper over the current thing, but a good positive result on Saturday, and things are kind of back on track again for the club. <clears throat> Yeah, I think in football in general throughout the season, there's going to be many ups and downs, not just at Coran, at every club. Um, so I think it's, as I've said a few times, I think it's it's always important just focus on the next game, put put things right, and then take it from there into next week and try and build a, a bit of momentum. Mm, <clears throat> and that's what it's all about, getting getting that result and, and suddenly everything's back, back in your own hands again. Um, Johnny, just away from... The, the football of pitch side of things um maybe update i think there's a a meeting taking place on on thursday evening isn't there with a i think it's to do with a proposed takeover of the club have you any any updates on on, on that yeah the, yeah the meetings obviously so we're recording thursday morning so it's the meetings tonight so i think it's where friends members get um a little bit more information on on any investment plans and and how the and I think how the investors want to move the club forward. So that's really all that I I know, and that's the cause honest truth. Um, I think you know I think there's a hundred and one questions probably that supporters have that, that need answered. So I think that'll be the be the start of it. To be honest, I'm more looking forward to a draw here at one o'clock to see if I can get away to Scotland for a weekend. So, <laughs> right, um, I forgot about that. So yeah, so but no, look, I, I think in, in all seriousness, I think obviously tonight, um. You know, could be the first step in a very, very um historic would be probably a historic move for the club. You know, and let's let's, let's be honest. So, um, we'll just have to see how that goes, and and I'm sure, as I said, there, you know, will be a lot of questions that need answered. And whilst we're maybe on the start of a step towards maybe getting investment, there's there's probably plenty of miles left to walk. So, um, that's the way I that's the way I probably look at it. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, Graham, you you've been here before with Larn with the sort of the Kenny Bruce factor. There's a lot of chat uh, at Corian about a potential investment, etc. Possibly that may lead to the club going full time or whatever. I'm not asking you what your views are on it, but I mean, is that something that maybe is talked about among the players, or is it just something that is left to? The chair and the board and and the and the friends of Korean who run the club is it just left to them and whatever happens you guys go with it. Yeah, no, I think as as players, I think in this day and age, we we said it earlier on um in the podcast. I think everything's on social media. You see stuff, but I think as a group of players, we we just need to focus on what's what's going on at this moment in time on the pitch and all of that side of things. I'm sure the club, everyone else higher up, will. We'll look after that, um, and if and when the time comes, I'm sure conversations will be had. But I'm sure everyone associated with uh, Colerain will just want want the best for Colerain. It it could be a, a case of history repeating itself, maybe Graham. You you were in at the start of the Kenny Bruce takeover era at Larne, and 
potentially it could be the same here at Corian, and if it ends the same way at Corian, everybody would be delighted, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, I think if it, if it ended like that, it'd be, it'd be perfect. Um, I think from where it started off when, when Kenny came in at Larn, um, I think going from part-time to full-time, it takes a lot more than, than what people think. It isn't as easy as just a click of a finger overnight saying we're going to move from part-time to full-time. Um, my first season at Larn, we we were full time, but we weren't really. It was more kind of a, a hybrid role. So the the season where we were in the championship, um, we would train Monday mornings, Tuesday evenings, off of Wednesday, Thursday evenings, Friday mornings. So it was kind of you were in every day type thing, but it was it was more of a hybrid role. So and then the following season after that, going up into the Premiership was when it transitioned to um full time in the mornings. So I, I don't think it's as easy as just, as we said there, overnight, um, everything changed. I think a lot of talk goes into it. Um, and there's a lot probably that goes on behind the scenes that us as players don't really need to take too much notice of until until the time comes, if yeah. it comes. Massive, massive uh, <clears throat> transformation. But again, as players, and you rightly say, as players, your main focus is what happens on the field. <clears throat> take care of that and that's the rest of it will take care of itself and um Johnny had mentioned the the, the that draw I mean I, I don't even know what do you, what do you call that tournament <laughs> Johnny SPL SPFL trust trophy or something like that so yeah thank God the Scottish Challenge Cup so we were in it one year and um played a team from Scotland sure and then we went to Wales and and then we would get beaten they were well beaten I think that night so. <laughs> you fancy it you fancy a wee trip to Scotland on that Graham Day yeah, I think a trip away is it with the group of lads will, will only be good for us. Um, yeah, I think any any trips away, um, as a group, you, you you get away with the lads, you get together a bit more. I think it's it's only a positive. I that that is that's an important thing is for for bonding, isn't it? You know, when you do go away as a squad, as a group, as a, a management and everything, it does have its benefits doesn't it because people do see each other in more close proximity and maybe have time to maybe relax a little bit after the game or something and that's very important in generating that whole team spirit isn't it yeah I think um, when you go in training everyone's just focused on training you're you're in for training everything's related around training it's the same on a match day for a game so I think getting to spend uh that time together maybe away from that where it's not as intense uh, you're a bit more laid back you get to know people maybe in a different view so I think the, the more time you get to spend together um, as a group the better yeah a few beers as well yeah <laughs> if we win the game uh, <laughs> right we need an away draw Scotland boys we all, all right. get away on, on the beer for a night <laughs> you be allowed? after the game after a win <laughs> will you be allowed what I'd be allowed. <laughs> listen to you. Listen to you. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to find out. <laughs> get, you no, the, I'll be get you the parental slip. I allow you to go. to go. I'll be, I'll be all right. All right. But anyway, hopefully, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the draw. And Johnny, uh, as part of the social media team, will have that draw out later on. This is it on today, Thursday, for everybody. So, well, here, guys. Thank you all very much for your time. Um, as I said earlier, it's a lovely day up here, so it's time to get out and get into the sun, Johnny. You get a bit of you get a bit of that uh, farmer's tan sorted out for you. Yeah, start work at two here, so uh, I need to go out and, and live and, and try or go out for a walk and get some get some rays. Get some rays. What about you, Graham? What's your plans for the the rest of the day now? Yeah, if if that's where we had to start early this morning, I actually have a I mean here at eleven o'clock, so. Um, straight into that, yeah. Well, good. We, we won't keep you back any longer. Listen, thank you very much, Graham, for coming on, having a good chat. Um, delighted that, yeah, I mean, first of all, you're enjoying your time at Korean, albeit you're only in the door, but so far, so good for you. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great so far. Um, I've only been in maybe two two months, two and a half months. Um, but no, so so far, so good, and everyone around the club's been great with me. So, looking forward good. to the future. Good, good, good. Well, we look forward to having you around and hopefully uh, we'll have more wins and defeats and, and hopefully Saturday 
against Larne, we can put Carrick Rangers' uh, memories to bed, get a positive result, and get the season back up and running. So, listen, Graham, thank you very much for your time. Good luck with your meeting at 11. Johnny, enjoy work at 2. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, as ever, uh, take care. Good luck with A-level results for everybody that's uh, in that bracket. And as, as ever, come on the bandsiders. Bye.